So I'm up and ready for the recording much earlier in the day. That should have been about uh, 4 a.m. And um, I couldn't do it because um, not too far from here there was a church. I believe they were having a vigil at Kesha of sort. And um, so the interruption would have been quite uh, massive. So I opted to wait. And waiting I did. In the process, maybe an hour or two later, I slept. So in my sleep, I actually dreamt. Can you imagine? I dreamt. And um, this will come as a surprise to somebody. So I dream that um, we are in town and I'm with Richie, our very own Richie. Richie, hi. And um, we are going for a lunch or meeting somewhere, somewhere, I can't remember where, but someplace in town. And uh, I'm asking Richie because I don't have a mask. He needs to get me a mask, buy me a mask because I didn't have loose change. And then we are late and we have to run to preach. And um, I think in the process of all that, I remember telling him that I was going to speak on Is There No Balm in Gilead? Okay. This is, um, this is found in Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 22, if you didn't know. Some of those old scriptures which I've known for quite some time, and um, uh, to be to be honest, actually I've been thinking about it, but in passing, in passing. So it came back through this dream. Okay, we didn't get to the meeting. I woke up somewhere in the process. So I was telling my wife uh, after that, uh, you know what happened, and I said, um, I think I'm going to talk about um, um, Balm in Gilead on Thursday. That's coming Thursday. And then later on, I felt, why not? Let me just see if I can put something together and um, take the advantage of um, the situation. Um, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? It just could be an indicator or my cue for someone to receive um, a word in the process. So Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 22, and I will read. This is what it says. The last verse of Jeremiah chapter 8, it says, Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no healing for the wound of my people? It's a very um, sobering word. Okay, So this is Jeremiah speaking, if you know the background, and um, he's saying, look, I mean, uh, balm is a word for, it's an ointment. Actually, balm was an ointment which, if I remember my history correctly, it, they picked it from some herb or some bark of a tree or something that was very rare, and I think they found it uh, some places in the deserts. And uh, they would do something to it, and then people would either anoint themselves with it, and in the process they would get well. So when the Bible is saying, is there no balm in Gilead, it's saying, is there no healing in Gilead? And now for the sake of uh, our sharing, um, what we need to ask ourselves is, um, is there no healing? Is there no um, no solution? Because that's another way to look at it. Is there no solution for God's people? Okay. Is there no solution for God's people, for the church, for the body of Christ? Okay. And uh, I think it is good that we look at it in respect to what is going on. Um, if there were times when there are perplexities and confusion. Uh, as a result of the many difficulties, hearts, pains, deaths, and the list goes on, losses, 
uh, this is a time like no other time in the history i believe of the church and uh, in my position i've come to know that a lot of people have had questions and that is as it should be because sometimes we really have and we are forced let me be more clear we are forced to relook at our faith and uh, rethink um our belief structures and uh, this has been a time um and a season that a lot of that has taken place and so i want us to talk just briefly on um, healing okay and i wanted to expand the healing not just to physical healing we may use examples in the bible of physical healing but i want you to expand it to solution or restoration or deliverance uh, let it encompass a wider arena area you know purview okay it's important that we do that so that we look at it you know either it is financial it's relational it is uh, spiritual it is physical it is a uh, professional um it's in the family uh, the other day i believe it was two days ago or yesterday i'm not so sure i think it was two days ago uh the world was celebrating not celebrating really uh, the world was um, commemorating let's use that one um world suicide day okay and um they happened to be in the house for quite uh, some time that day and a lot of people came at different times to speak on matters to do with suicide and uh, uh what i gathered you know just in passing is that um, there is all indication that especially with this covid pandemic time there has been a lot of people taking their lives um so obviously there is a problem out there and i don't want us to be ignorant of that fact and also i don't want us to shut our eye that um this can only and does only befall those who are outside of the faith because um, we are better than that we are wiser than that and we know that uh, we are part and parcel of this society the community of men and uh, we do get affected and especially some of the things that are happening they affect us you know almost in a similar way with any other person next to us so back again to jeremiah 822 is there no balm in gilead big question okay and i want to believe that a lot of people are asking this question um is there no physician there and if there is the bible says how come the health of my people has continued to fester has continued to deteriorate has continued to go to from bad to worse so i'll look at a couple of examples in the bible and then maybe see we can correlate them and um, i'm sure by the end of it all you'll pick something that you can run with okay great i'm here with my wife and um she's my audience she greets you she waves and a good morning time now it's about uh, no it's 9:38 when i'm doing this recording uh 9:38 hoping that all of us had a good week and that uh, you continue to keep safe let me just also take this uh, time to uh as i did i think a couple of um sundays ago to i believe continue to encourage us to take advantage of the vaccination process affecting saints family church has absolutely no problem we have no problem with the issue of vaccination i strongly believe that it is the best way to go about this issue um whatever percentages it is helping it is better than nothing so kindly take advantage of vaccination if uh, they come close to you and if you have to go out of your way still 
take advantage and let's all do our utmost to be able to solve and hopefully get rid of this situation that has affected all of us great so um the the there's somebody who said something way back way 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 back i don't know who to credit credit it credit it to this quote and i may not say it exactly the way he said it but he said that the one of the ways to win a war is not to get into a war in the first place okay so he used more flowery language than that but that was a gist um that one of the ways of winning a war is avoiding getting into a war in the first place avoiding getting into a fight in the first place uh, it's my way of saying that before we even talk about healing probably we also need to think about how not to get sick in the first place and why not and please again i want you to expand your horizons think widely okay it could be a financial healing before we talk about a financial miracle or a financial or a relational um intervention because um, a miracle is essentially uh, an intervention let's ask ourselves and uh, are there possibilities or is is it possible that we don't have to get there in the first place and i'm thinking of third john the book of third john record them books they were essentially letters um so the 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 letter not not the not, not the gospel the episode of um, st john the third one verse 2 he said beloved i wish above all things that ye be in health okay and then he says um, and and that you may prosper then he says even as your soul prospers the way i want to look at that is this that there's a difference between healing and being in health obviously so okay uh, scripture would uh, say somewhere else paul speaking to timothy he says physical exercise <clears throat> excuse me physical exercise profits a little but you understand <laughs> little profit or big profit it's still profit it's still profit okay there's something about taking care of ourselves to begin with and let's use the example of physical exercise there's something about taking care of our bodies eating healthily for example minding you know the stuff we put i mean it's only body we have it's only body we live in so just minding it taking care of it and um, doing what you may call preventive rather than curative you know remedy there's something about that and think about it in respect to financial in respect to family in respect to relationships okay just as much as in respect to physical healing okay i mean around here you know there's a lot of people doing you know homanar of um, uh stuff because uh, people here do have a bit of shambas and people grow crops we all know and i'm sure all of us are aware by now that if you left your garden your shamba unattended without any doubt weeds will grow and you're going to have a problem later and you'll have to do a lot of work of unweeding and trying to prepare that ground again for you to plant the correct crop and i think 
the same can be said about us scripture would say somewhere else that my people perish for lack of knowledge um, i'm also thinking of another part of scripture that says guard your heart guard your heart uh, put sentry here yeah? uh, place a sentry over your heart which other way can we render that um protect your heart with all diligence why out of it flows the issues of life and, I'm, and i think we have to start at a place of how can we get to a place of let me put it that way not in the first place needing a miracle okay i used too many times please how can we arrive at a point where we don't need a miracle in the first place in the first place in the first place where we can take care of stuff take care of ourselves take care of our finances no i read somewhere um years back uh just came to my mind right now uh, i think it was uh, uh john hagi who said that um, worry uh, worry is interest that is paid from borrowing trouble okay worry is interest paid when you borrow trouble and I, and, I, and i thought that 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 makes a lot of sense there are so many let me put it this way self inflicted curses in the body of christ let's start from there there are so many unnecessary articles for praying for these and praying for. and i know some people may not like me saying this but it's a truth it's a truth there are things that are avoidable there are things that we can we can stay away from just stay away from just stay away from jesus told a woman one time i think he had he had she she'd been healed and then he met her later and he says go and sin no more lest a worse thing befalls you there are things that can be avoided okay just like we read guard your heart with all diligence out of it flows the issues of life there are things we can avoid we know of joseph who ran away who ran away when he was tempted he ran away he didn't wait out there and ask god for intervention while he no no, no. He, he he took off okay so i think the point is made that in the first place in the first place it is good that we realize that a miracle is not a christian requirement i don't know how to place that in a way that it will not sound almost like if i am blaspheming okay that a miracle is an intervention that there are so many things that don't require a miracle that um that don't require a miracle in the first place there's stuff we can do for example in our marriages there's stuff we can do maybe in our parenting there is certain informations that maybe we can gather about how we do business that will help us uh, or put us in a place where we will not need interventions okay because really we have to see it that way i know i know and i agree this is not the way people would obviously want to go about this but i think it is important that first and foremost we seek jesus himself said i mean allow me to say this in finishing on that point jesus himself said clearly he said if you realize that you're going to battle and those against you will probably probably overcome you because maybe there are many or they are better armed or 
that has killed. He says you can you you can you can you can elect to make peace. You can choose to make peace. It's it's still a strategy. It gives you time also to regroup, to rejig, to re-equip or maybe to you know activate or rally or mobilize or organize better. Ultimately, you know, you've bought you bought yourself some time. So again, let's be wise. There's, there are so many, like I mentioned, self-inflicted curses, which to be honest are not necessary. The the other level now, which is now when you're dealing now with the curative aspect, and I have a couple of examples. I'm thinking of a man by the name of Bartimaeus. The story of Bartimaeus is found um, in Mark chapter 10 from verse 46. I believe it goes to verse 52 thereabout. So Bartimaeus is this guy who is blind and um, I don't want to go to a lot of detail. And he gets to hear that uh, Jesus is passing by. The man has been sitting, begging for the length of his time. And the Bible says um, he begins to shout. And he's shouting at the top of his lungs, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And we are told that the people around him, because there are many people around there following Jesus, probably out of curiosity, um, they, they, they tried to stop him. Okay, They tried to stop him. They told him to hold his peace. And the Bible says, and this is one of the most important parts about uh, Bartimaeus, is that he shouted them all. Now, when I look at a man like Bartimaeus, and we know what happened, the Bible actually says, uh, I like the NIV version, it says that Jesus stopped. Okay? Jesus stopped and uh, called for him, and the miracle did happen. The healing did happen. The blind man saw eventually. Uh, this is a level I call the aggressive, um, forceful um, faith in healing. In healing. There's a place of seeking God in healing. There's a place of... And Jesus used a very good example. He said a man got visitors at night and he went and banged on the door of his friend and said, give me something. There's a place of banging on the door of heaven. Let's call it... Let's use that uh, illustration, okay? This, this, There's a place of... You know, that widow who wanted justice and she kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. And the Bible says that eventually she wore down this judge. And he said, I may, I, I may not fear God, but this widow is really, she's worn me down. That, that's a kind of a Bartimaeus syndrome, okay? Or Bartimaeus, yeah, let's, let, let's call it that way. Not a syndrome, really. But it's, it's a Bartimaeus, um, you know, um, kind of a process, okay? I'm looking for a better way to put it like a Bartimaeus solution, way of doing things. Okay, I'll get a better word as I move on. Aggressive, forceful, okay? Go to him, seek him, refuse to let go. You know the woman in the, with the issue of blood in the Bible? If only I can touch the hem of his garment. And you can imagine by then, 12 years down the road, she's become emaciated, she's weak. There are men, strong men, jostling, you know, you know, close to Jesus and she falls down and she says, okay, even though I'm down, I think all I need, <clears throat> excuse me, is to touch the hem of his garment. 
I don't think she started out by saying, if only I can touch the hem of his garment. I think that realization came because of her position that she found herself. And she says, if only then, if I can't touch him proper, let me touch the lowest part of his of his of his of his gown. Okay? And uh, she she touched the hem of his garment. That that aggressive, forceful, there's a place for that. Uh, Scripture would say things like the kingdom of God, um, King James says, suffers violence. Some other version says, um, the kingdom of God advances violently. Um, um, violent men press into it. Okay? Violent men press into it. So, there's a place. And I think um, a lot of people, probably, um, we are too, quote-unquote, gentlemanly for this. Too gentlemanly. Uh, there's a place of uh, I cannot be denied, let's call it that way, the I cannot be denied kind of faith. And it's replete in scripture. There's a woman whom, you know, she came to Jesus and she says, my daughter is vexed by a demon. And the Lord himself said, look, you are a Canaanite woman. And uh, I came for the Jews, I'm paraphrasing. And so I can't give you the bread of the children, which is healing. I can't give you that bread because it's not your time. And the woman says, yes, Lord, I accept that I'm a dog. I'm a gentle dog because that's a word which was used. Uh, but even the dogs. And she was very dogged. Let me put it that way. She was very determined. I mean, that's a true, that's a true meaning of dogged determination. Right? She was very determined, very intentional, very focused, very aggressive, very persistent. And she, you know that, that miracle which um, somebody as it were, grabs, quote-unquote, God by the collar, I mean, and he says, heal me also. You know, that, that if you can, you know, bear the, the, the illustration. It's not a good one, but people who really don't let go. Uh, it is, um, what's the name of this man? It is Jacob, you know, saying, you know, uh, sorry, it is, yeah, it is, it is, it is, it is, it is, it is, it is Jacob, I believe it is, saying, I'm not going to let you go. No? The supplanter, it's Jacob, right? I won't let you go till you bless me. Till you bless me. I won't let you go. And the Bible says he wrestled with God the whole night. Okay? There's a place for that church. And I pray to God that we can find that sweet spot. Trust you me. It's an amazing place. It's an amazing place. It's an amazing place. When you are so convinced of what you're convinced about, either it's relational or financial, whatever it is, and you want it and you want it and you either... It is either you get it or you get it. It's, it's, like, it's like there's no other option available. Okay? And there is no... You are not going to set off, say, for example, you're not going to set off for poverty, as an example. You know you are right in the kingdom and you know it is available in the covenant and you're going for it, you know, whatever. If it kills you, you're going for it. You know? So there's this guy who did a movie uh, it's called 50 Cent. Huh? 50 Cent did a movie. I think there was something about the title of the movie. And they were saying, get rich or, you know, die trying. Okay? <laughs> get rich or die trying. So, something close to that. Whereby, there, there, is, there is no option. There is no option. There's no option. But to go for, they call it what? Broke? That's what they call it. Go for broke. Go for broke. Go for broke. That's the idiom they use. So, and I enjoy this. I love this because I think um, that spirit of aggression is a true nature of the spirit of faith. Faith is always 
going. Faith is always going. Okay? Uh, faith is always going. I was saying the other day that um, two-thirds of God is go. Two-thirds of G-O-D is go. Okay? So God is also a go God. Okay? Two-thirds of God is go. Two-thirds of God is go. So there's an element of aggression and movement towards your goal that is very, very determined, dogged, and all that. The number three and the final one, I didn't know exactly how what to call this, okay? Uh, I labored with words like obedience, miracles, um, amongst a few others. These are not miracles which you can say a person um, oh, went out for broke, like we said, you know, stuck up their necks, um, went on a limb, so they call it, went on a limb, you know, to vouch me you really go on a limb. Um, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. These are more of participatory um, miracles. I think that's a good word. It's a very participatory miracle. Now, it's always good to know which one you need to go for. Okay? And I don't think I said that correctly. Because sometimes we may have to move from one to the next and to the next. So, so sometimes we may have to try all the cards that we have on our hands. You know? Or in our hands. Throw this one, you throw this one, and see which one works. Now, on this one, I have examples. So I'm thinking of 1 Kings 17. She's called the Shunammite woman. She is in a terrible state and she needs um, something. Something must happen. Or she's going to starve her and her child. But when the man of God comes, he 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 brings out a situation of you got to cooperate with God on this one. Because that's really what I see with this. It's very participatory and it has an element of collaboration and, uh, you know, um, a cooperation. So she's asked, what do you have in the house? She says, oh, I have a little flour. She says, okay, go bake me some bread. Okay, bake me some cake. And um, give it to me. Now, that's extreme. Because if all you have is a little bread and if you, a little flour, when you bake it, you eat, you're going to die. And then somebody comes and tells you, look, um, you really want this thing? Um, offer it. Do something. And that's why I was saying that I was laboring with the word obedience miracles. And a lot of miracles. And in any case, there's a way in which faith and obedience can be used interchangeably, but that's one other day. Um, yeah, because when you look at Abraham, he obeyed. You know, leave your country, leave your family, leave your people, go to this place I'm going to show you, some place, but step out. He obeyed. He's called the father of faith. That's what I'm saying. There's a way in which it's like two sides of one coin. Um, but you understand, even in the example I'm giving you right now, it's a very participatory miracle. Okay? Even when he has to offer his son, it is still a very participatory miracle. He enters into an arena, a place, a landscape, a plateau in his spiritual journey with God that is very um, elevated, very high. I mean, we look at uh, this man called Abraham in absolute high esteem, but he enters there by cooperating with God, by doing things that God you know, laid before him. And he said, you've got to do this. You've got to do this. And the man did it. 
And I think there's so many times when God is asking us for something. Probably, and this is just me, probably to gauge the, our level of desperation. I read the, a quote many years ago. Somebody said that um, um, God's efforts are strongest when ours is weakest. Maybe God to check how badly do you need this? Okay. What other example can we look at? Um, somebody came to Jesus. Now we can use a New Testament example. And uh, they were blind. And Jesus uh, spit on the ground, made some mud, and applied it on the person's face, and then told them, go wash. Now, when you read that scripture, that portion of scripture, it's very easy to, it's easy to miss certain realities. Certain realities. I mean, some version actually says he spat on the man. Okay? That he spat on the man. What do you think was going on in this man's head at that time? Because it is almost demeaning, belittling. Um, there is no reference that you have at the back of your mind that this is how this is supposed to go. There is no prior history where you can say, yeah, I think this is how... I mean, by the time he came to Jesus, he had had people being healed of blindness and most likely, okay, they were just told, go your way, your faith has healed you. They were laid on hands. This is unique, this is peculiar, and it is borderline almost insulting to his person. At that particular time, that guy can walk in protest and defiance. And sometimes, and I can tell you this for a fact, many times God will do something that will really blow your mind. I mean, it's, it's like he is provoking you. Um, it, it's very provocative. It's very, actually very provocative. But the man says, look, as long as it is a master who has done this for me, I'm game. What do you think were people telling him when he was going to the place to clean himself? Because sometimes, you know, we read and we don't really try to place the proper imagery. How many people do you think told him that, um, you know, you've been played? You know, who, who, who is this that has a right to... I mean, this, this you, you are more blind with mud on your face now. Um, which script is he using? Huh? Show me the scripture. What's the reference? And the list goes on. So many times, and please listen to me very closely, God will demand an action from you. God will demand an action from you. And in that action, it is God's way of saying, let's meet somewhere halfway. Let's meet somewhere halfway. It is not so much like the second point where I believe and it is it is it. Um, it is more of God demanding an activity. And there are, there, are, there are examples in scripture where people had to meet God somewhere halfway. It is more of what God was telling um, Moses. What do you have in your hands? 
What do you have in your hands? It is the four lepers in the Bible who decided to go to the Aramean camp, okay? After they said, if we stay here, we die. You know, if we go, we, we will die because that's the only worst thing that can happen. But it looks like there's probably a bit of reprieve. And, but you have to do something. Let's put it that way. It is the prodigal son saying, I will arise, okay? I will arise and I will go back. I will arise. A lot of miracles in my view, a lot of the miracles which will happen in your life and in my life will be, will have that complementary role or thing about it. There will be a complementary thing about it. Sometimes it's God saying, give. It's in scripture. I, 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 did, I didn't make it up. It, it is God saying, you bring your tithes and your offerings and try me on this. It, there are times God will use different things. And you have to be certain that it is clear in your heart and your mind. So that when you step in that direction, you as it were meeting God halfway. In scripture, that is replete. Whoever you talk about, from David to Jeremiah, whoever you bring up, you will find God placing a demand on them, okay? That often, often, and please listen to this, was extremely ridiculous. They would have looked at it and said, this is ludicrous. This is, this is preposterous. It is, it is, it is, it is bizarre. Bizarre, it's but it's but it's God doing it. You're looking at Isaiah, it's just God God doing things to people and then say, Now I know that you love me. Yeah, you know the scripture from, from Genesis, God speaking to Abraham after he sacrificed Isaac. <laughs> Keyword here, sacrificed Isaac. <laughs> we know he didn't kill him, but as far as God is concerned, he perfected the intention to become an action. That's what God does. He perfected the intent. As far as God is concerned, it became an action. Okay? Now I know that you love me, that you will not hold anything against me. And then this is the difference between the first time, I think it's chapter 15 and chapter 22. Huh? Same words are spoken, but in the second place, chapter 22, God added one word. Surely, I will bless you. Surely, I will bless you. Same word, but there was no surely in the first place. But the second time, surely, I will bless you. This obedience slash corporate, co- you know, cooperation, um, collaborative, let's meet halfway approach, in my view, will be 90%. And, and I, this is just me will be 90% of how you will operate with God. It is, from where I sit, the preferred way that God deals with things. You look at the Gospels, that's what you're going to see. People acted, God met them halfway. God placed a demand and people met God halfway. Okay? People, God placed a demand, 
people obeyed and in the process God says okay because of this thing not only will I bless you I will bless your children I will bless you know I will go to the fourth generation that is replete in scripture so what am I leaving out feeding of the 5000 seminar what do you have okay what do you have what do you have and i've always asked a question in the case of the lepers that walked towards the aramean camp when samaria was besieged i've always asked a question what would god have magnified because the bible says when they walked god magnified their steps and the, it became a thunderous you know noise in the camp of the aramean that they took off and they said the king of samaria has brought all the other kings from all over the place and we are about to be overwhelmed and they took off so and i've always asked a question what will god what will god what will god amplify huh? we've used this statement many times in church that we need to create a reason why god should bless us and i still believe that very strongly we need to create a reason why god how many times we find in the bible when god is saying i want to do this to so and so and so and, and then he says because of this and that and that and that or where it says and he remembered think of uh, the man in the bible called um, cornelius is he chapter 10 of the book of acts it says clearly that um, whatever he did became a memory huh? became a memorial it it was brought to god's notice and god's um uh, attention it was brought to god's attention he's this guy who prays always he's not part of the jewish or the you know yeah the jewish commonwealth but he builds synagogues he helps people uh, the one for building synagogues is the centurion uh, in luke chapter 7 i mean the people came to jesus clearly they told jesus there is a man he's a roman you know citizen he's a soldier but he is good to our people and he has built synagogues that is what caught jesus attention in the first place and jesus began to go purely on the strength of one the man is not seeking for his own healing he is seeking for the healing of his servant i mean and that is big especially when you consider those days how servants were treated and especially how romans treated jewish servants because that was not a roman servant to start with that here is a man with a humanity of heart to take care of somebody who in those days was less than human in the eyes of their masters that's one number two that here is a man who builds synagogues that is why jesus in the first place began to walk in that direction it is only that when he came close the man reached out to him and he says you know what went to meet him again halfway and told him you don't have to come to my place i understand who you are just speak the word but the point i'm trying to say using so many examples and there are many more which we can use is that all these people in it cornelius who gave arms okay misada food to the hungry help okay those things came to god's attention and god responded there is a scripture i believe it is it's either ecclesiastes or proverbs that says that god is not debtor to anybody and then it says that, that he that gives to the poor or helps the poor he he lends to god he lends to god and god is no debtor 
because he is going to repay. So my point here is, in my view, and I I I believe I also have the Holy Spirit. 90% of the healing, and we agreed from the get-go that healing here is not limited to physical. Okay? Okay? Healing here encompasses all areas and sectors of our lives. Any part of our life where we interface with what we call life. Any part, any, any, any sector where we interface with life. Could be relational, could be financial, could be, could be professional. Whatever area we need rescue, we need God's intervention. We need God's grace to come and ameliorate or bring a reprieve. Bring reprieve because that's healing. It's reprieve. It's reprieve. It's cure. It's, you know, you know, bring down the heartache or the heart, whatever it is, or the pain. So my point here is look at it in that holistic, you know, wider overarching kind of a way. Okay? And realize this, church, because I'm finishing now, realize that 90% of the time, there will be a little test. There will be a little demand. There will be most likely than not, God will meet you going. I mean, remember those, uh, le- uh, were they lepers? Yes, they were lepers. The lepers in the Bible, 10 of them in scripture, who Jesus told, you know, they came to him for healing. He says, go show yourself. Go show yourself to your priest because they're the ones who could uh, clear them. Yeah? They're the ones who could clear them that they were okay. And they were healed as they were going. They were not healed when Jesus spoke. They were healed while they were on their way. So there's a way in which God will meet us as we go. As we go. As we go. And so I'll be asking you very strongly and, you know, most sincerely, please, the idea of looking at faith as an inactive, uh, very passive, you know, like like waiting the way we do, uh, you know, as we wait for somebody. You you understand? I mean, um, faith is so in, enmeshed with activity, with action, with works. Huh? Show me your faith. Huh? And this is what James says. And then he says, but I will show you mine by what I do. I will show you I believe God by what I do. By what I do. And so let's find those action places. Because I think um, this inactive, passive, docile faith is the one that we are taught all through the years. So you've got people sitting in the house just believing God for prosperity or believing God for whatever, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever it is. And often than not, they are overtaken by that problem and they succumb to those issues. When I mean succumb, you know, they are completely overtaken by those issues. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, That's what I believe, church. That's what I believe. That's what I believe. So, uh, very quickly, let me just look at what we just said again earlier. Um, very, um, I'll be quick on this one. We said uh, in the first place, uh, in the first place, see how you can not need the miracle. There's no nice way of saying it, at least from my end. Um, it, it, it just sounds funny and wrong. But it has to be said that not all miracles are necessary. Not all miracles are necessary. How many times do we have something that can solve our problem lying right in front of us, but we still are going to go out of our way, you know, looking for some supernatural intervention while maybe selling that 
laptop will sort your rent and you'll still be able to use your phone for your day-to-day you know you know activities just as much as that laptop would how many, i mean just being resourceful how many times do we just need to take some action um eg for example um move to a cheaper house and that solves a financial problem or even sell that car and use public means and that solves a problem okay i mean and, and the list goes on and goes on so um we said earlier that um, sometimes the best way um, to win a war is not to get into one in the first place. Okay, you know, <laughs> you know. I mean, that's 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 the truth. It's true. It's true on relationship. It's true in every other way. Sometimes you don't have to engage. Well, I remember teaching our men one time. We were having a conversation with our men, and we were talking about the difference between um, um, being aggressive and being assertive. And I was saying. Being assertive, you don't have to be aggressive. You don't have to ride roughshod on people. Make you, you know, shout and 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 use expletives and and make everybody know that you are boss and talk. No, no, you, you don't have to. You can say no calmly, quietly, and very firmly. But I mean quietly, you know, in a way that is not too abrasive. Okay. I don't have to be coarse. I don't have to be aggressive. Okay? I consider myself to be an assertive person. And I don't have to shout. Okay? But I know I'm very firm in what I I'm, you know, in what I decide on. Okay? And I don't have to ride rough shoddy like the old western cowboys. The way they would ride their horses <clears throat> across a town and dust and the people running, scampering for space and people running helter-skelter. They are shooting all the place. People are ducking into some, beneath some carriages or beneath some table or whatever it is. No, it doesn't have to be like that. Okay? Yeah. You can, you can be assertive, you can be firm and not necessarily run people you know, in an aggressive, almost violent way. So um, that's what we said. Um, there are things which can be avoided and uh, some cases, honestly, honestly, some cases are self-inflicted. Inflicted. Okay. Um, right now, for example, please allow me to say this, we are here not having, um, you know, in-person, you know, and avoiding in-person meetings. You know, not only church, we've been avoiding Personally, I know, I don't know about you, uh, I've entered a place not too long ago and I told my wife, and it's a place I needed to be, but I actually walked in and I walked out. Because I told myself, I love myself more than this, you know? I, I really thought that the protocols were not being followed, you know, as they should. And why are we doing that? Because we don't want to fight or deal with a problem that we can avoid in the first place. If it comes, so be it. If we have done our best, granted, I understand. I, you know, you know, it happens to the best of us. You know, some things you can avoid, but what you can avoid, avoid. To be very honest, avoid. That's why we stuck at home. That's why we we're recording. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Okay, we look forward, of course, to getting back together again. Like we mentioned some time back when we started the, this COVID pandemic issues, we say that um, the Christian church is essentially a gathering church. And we're looking at a couple of scriptures to that effect. But for now, we try and do our best to stay away from trouble. That's it. I mean, I don't see yourself walking into some dark alley somewhere in Dandora or Huruma. I don't see yourself doing that, you know, at midnight. 
really and then you say you know I'm a man of faith or a woman of faith you know you know and stuff like that this kind of things um you know they fall under foolishness okay there are things which we do that's why we we burglar proof our houses we that's why we secure our cars and that's why we do exercise that's why we eat healthily um you know and i should be encouraging all of us because we are aging we are aging you know we are aging and sometimes as you age you know certain things don't work you know as proficiently or as efficiently as um, they used to do when you are 16 so take care please take care just take care you can't just go and eat everywhere and anywhere so uh, the second thing which we said is the go to him you know kind of faith a faith which is more um, is very forceful it kind of grabs god by quote and quote the collar it's not a very good example but it's a faith that refuses to let go it's very dogged and um, you know you know either it's by prayer or fasting or whatever other way you can call seeking god is shouting like batimaeus and refusing to be silenced um like the woman in the issue of blood is crawling all the way people stepping on you and pushing and shoving you and crawling all the way to touch them you know it's that kind of a that kind of a faith and the other one we simply said um, it's doing something it's like provoking god okay it's like provoking god to do something okay i've done my bit i've done this huh the centurion i've done the thing you know the um cornelius he has given up arms and he has prayed you know whatever it is that um, you may want to call this that makes god to look in your direction favorably my time is really up thank you thank you so very much again i just want to remind you that um we are planning not too long from now to communicate uh, concerning our in person reopening uh, please give us some time observing a couple of things and then uh, encouraging us again please 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 encouraging us all of us kindly go get jabbed please go get jabbed don't fight science you'll be the loser go go get jabbed there is something there and uh, let's take advantage of it thank you again and good day god bless you all